listening to our contestant is Carlos. His friends call him Los. Los? That's right. I, I do tend to explode only when by myself. What's the big deal? That she, she touched that? a man's trash can. Bro, right now I'm committing a Schedule 1 felony. Allegedly. <laughs> it's bullshit. It's bullshit. bullshit. He's the mole, dude. <laughs> He's got be. the mole in the face of his cock, dude. He's fucking home like a hole like a hole. Mom, you <laughs> are a horrible human being. She's being you know what? Right. Why don't you die from breast cancer or something? <gasps> wow. No, you take wow. that back. That's usually, it's, hey, I'm so-and-so, so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. I'm also a woman. But in the event of an emergency... Your regular exit might not be the quickest or safest way out. Hey, this exit is painted on. There's no way out. There's no way out. That's right. Now is the time to open your mind. In our search for the unknown, who knows what we will find? This is Emergency Exit. This is episode 64, and today is January 29th, 2018. We are broadcasting from our floating tin can. Far above the world. I am your host, Los. With me, as always, is Nick, the passion writer. Fucking A. That's right. And Brandon, the hard hat Mitchell. I am here. Welcome, welcome. Considered hey, a source of pride that I always get the first f bomb every episode. You really? Do. do you? I'm pretty sure I do. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I feel about like that. I would. <laughs> Damn it! So now it yeah. might be him. It's definitely not me. Then. Well, I mean, I dropped it. Uh, now you're last. During Fuck. my introduction. So like. Well, right. yeah, welcome once again first. to the show, everybody. <laughs> Nailed it. We have downloads in almost all the states. Uh, there's only 12 missing. So. Uh, if I did my mouth right, there should be a few more states we have left. We need to get you, you at, telling do, a friend. You literally did no math right there. I did no math. <laughs> Zero math. Call uh, us or text us spread live. Spread the word like wildfire. Wild, so wildfire. Wildfire so we can get to those other states. Dangle, tell you what. Dangle. Uh, give us, you know, give them our number. Uh, the number here on the tin can is 830-875. That's 0637. Once again, that's 8. Three zero eight seven five zero six three seven. We're gonna get a uh, much easier to say phone number in the future. Something that's got numbers or letters in it, so that we can spell words. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Makes sense. So uh, we'll, we'll take your phone calls as they come. That's how we do it. So on today's show, we will get a taste of a new podcast we're working on. When our very own the passion Nick explains something near and dear to his heart. Rock and roll conspiracy That's theories. That's right. Fucking rock and roll conspiracies. It's going to be freaking sweet, dog. Later, we will bring you the news. But first, the hard hat has some beef. The airing of grievances. Grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. You people. Now, you're going to hear about it. You're going to hear about it. What's up, man? All right, man. So, we, uh, it seems like we did this, you know, fairly recently. I got some beef. If, yeah, uh, about the trash cans. I yeah, believe. man. Hey, update on the trash can though hasn't happened again. Fucking a. Hell yes. All right. What Maybe. did you do differently? I just wrote this one out. You wrote it out. Yeah. She stopped doing it. Yeah. I guess it was just a one time. I guess she was just feeling very generous that yeah. uh, that one time. All right. Yeah. So if you guys can't tell, I got this obvious lisp that you can't. You know, you can you hear oh, S's really? and P's and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just your sibilance is all fucked up. Yeah, exactly. I'm not. I'm not wasted. I'm not having a stroke. I'm glad you guys were concerned about that. <laughs> oh shit! 
Yeah, I um, I I'm actually at this show now. I actually have a little bit less wisdom than when I woke up this morning. Oh. I'm at to be to be exact one. I, Sweet. Uh, so we've almost caught up to him, Los. He just needs to lose a little bit more. Just a little bit. <laughs> almost. <laughs> a little bit. I happen to have both mine, and they're grown in, and they're working just fine. Yeah. See, not so lucky for me. Mine, my wisdom tooth, obviously, uh, just way back in my mouth, came in just fine, but hard to hard to brush, hard to keep. So I mm-hmm. uh, developed a little bit of a cavity, started giving me some pain. Went to the dentist, said, hey, it's got to come out. And this is where I got my beef, all right? First thing I do when they take me back into the room, I just see the entire tray with all the fucking torturous devices mm-hmm. they're about to enter into my mouth. And all the hooks and prods yeah, and tiny like, things. I was like, first of all, why y'all got to have that right there? Like, that just makes me want to, I haven't even sat down. I'm just going to turn around. Walk back out. Yeah. No, nope. I'll, I'll, I'll cast away style. Just give me an ice skate and a rock or a coconut. Oh. A coconut. <laughs> yeah. But man, that was, that's just, that's intimidating. Don't you guys think? Uh, yeah. You've had your wisdom tooth, uh, or at least one removed, haven't you? No, I've no? Not, I have them Never. both. The third molars are in there. I know. You? I, I got all mine. So I'm the only one. You're the only one. All right, man. Don't, don't Sorry. let them go bad. Sorry don't about that, my bad. friend. Um, so yeah, that's that's, I don't know, man. I feel like they could have them tucked away in a drawer. Right. You know, and once you're like down in the chair, maybe with a bit of gas on, then set it all over here. Not necessarily. It's out of you. Out of sight, out I, of mind. It's just, it's just common courtesy. Don't show me these torture devices right away. I'm not fucking Rambo. You're not pressing me for information. Well, apparently. Get the shit out of my face. But I'm with you. Funny, funny you mentioned gas because. Because um, <laughs> you have some. Well, no. <laughs> but I did get the nitrous. The nitrous. The laughing gas. Everybody right. knows this is the laughing gas. We've all seen Lethal Weapon 4. It ain't funny. I, I, don't, I don't know why, why everybody <laughs> call it laughing. I wasn't laughing. Okay. I all was, right. It, it's a scam. As far as I'm concerned, I got scammed. I done got got. They, you know, they put it on there like, oh, yeah, we're going to give you, you know, a couple minutes. Let the, the you know, of course, the, the topical stuff. And then after they give you the injection, that's a whole other level of pain right there, man. I felt it like in my eyeball. Yeah. Like, just a sharp. Oh, like I, I actually let out a, a good. Oh. It was, yeah, it was. It got Go. me, man. It got me. It got me. Go. But, but the gas, man, that didn't do a goddamn thing. Like nitrous, I should have. I sh- the red flag should have been up when it was like, okay, nitrous. That's that's used to make cars go fast, not make you numb and less pain. At least okay, that's right. I, so right. that should have been my first red flag. So I just I don't got got. I got. They they sold me some snake oil. Is what they did. Did you at least feel it? Uh, I mean, a little bit. Were you like a little high? No, I mean. I may or may not have been a little high when I got there. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, maybe you were, but then the, the tooth attacks happened, and it just fucking... Just nullified. Any sort of cloud that gas could have given was just blown away by a high-powered fan of pain. You yeah. know, do you think... See that analogy? You know, that was good. I know that um, they probably get this a Probably. lot, but I wanted to schedule an appointment to see the dentist, and I wanted to, to specifically be at 2.30... So that I could uh, use the silly joke of two dirty. Wait, two dirty. That's terrible, man. That's terrible. All right. No, uh, all in all, you guys did a great job. Uh, uh, Doctor, what was his name? Tristan. Tristan, I believe. It's my nephew's he, name. I didn't he know did he a was good saying. job, except they kind of fuck with you halfway through. You think they're done, and apparently no. He just locks something onto it to like lift it a little bit, and then they go get an X-ray of it to make sure it didn't separate at the root. Like, that was pretty painful enough, and they did all that, and they walked out, and I was like, oh, shit, they're done. They're going to x-ray it, and then I'm going to be walking out of here. Nope, they come back. They're like, all right, let's get that tooth out. And I'm like, whoa, 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 What the fuck was all that, This is still in there? (laughs) Jesus. Oh. So don't don't let them fool you like that. 
But dentists, you guys, are they really doctors? I mean, they're like chiropractors. Like, mm. I, I would just think that they're a bit more legit. Yeah. Yeah, okay. well, they know how to keep your mouth clean and all that shit. I guess so, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, you could definitely die if you don't get your, like, yeah. if something gets infected. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, there's there's a bit more level of seriousness to them than chiropractors. I mean, I went to a chiropractor once, and I got to say, I'm glad that I did. But I think generally it's not uh, as big a deal, I guess, as people make it out to be. Yeah. Like, stretch more often or do yoga or something. I don't Just know. Just be active. Yeah. You know, like I slipped and fell on some cement stairs and fucked my back up, so I needed to get. I thought you said you slipped on some semen. <laughs> I, uh, yes. Well, he semen didn't say stairs. that the stairs weren't covered. Uh, yeah, in it. semen stairs. Semen stairs. Oh <laughs> uh, so, man, yeah, yeah uh, beef. Uh, you know, I've been going to the dentist, and it's not been too bad. It is pretty shitty, but I've been only getting the topical yeah, but you stuff. Say so you haven't had anything pulled yet. Yeah, you just had the yeah. no, just the scraping. Fortunately for me, I, d- I don't need that. I just need to make sure it's uh, clean and all that crap. I and was, I'm yeah. doing great. Told Fucking once when I was like twelve or so that I was gonna have to get my wisdom teeth pulled within really? the next like couple of years. I, ho- I heard that. And I just too. didn't go to the dentist for a long time, and I finally like something was hurt, and I was like, ah, oh, fuck, it's time. Yep. And you're like, no, you just, uh, something got infected, and they gave me some antibiotics for a while, and it went away, and... That's right. And then I've gone a few times since then, and it's never come up. So I think that one dentist, when I was a kid, was just trying to get some more money out of my folks. Oh, they always are. Oh, right. of course. They gotta pay for that expensive x-ray that they use. Now they got handheld ones that can just go up to you, and it's like, tuk, 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 tuk. Yeah. You know, like and then they like got ones that scanners at the fucking supermarket. Yeah, it's like a scanner at a supermarket. It's this big old thing, and usually it used to be where you, you know, you still have to wear right. the lead I... vest and everything. But it was this big old thing you laid on, and they take pictures. But now it's I'm so glad that that sort of radioactivity is that mobile and convenient. They've got this <laughs> panoramic <laughs> one you. that, like, that you you bite oh, bite yeah. down yep. something, and this panoramic <laughs> thing just goes, and then it gets a panoramic of your. Yeah, not th- not this office. They had to take mm. like twenty pictures. Just okay. Open your mouth, reposition the thing, bite down. Walk I'm surprised the that Snap. they weren't oh, still yeah, using see, ice skates and coconuts. That's the old school way. Yeah, and they <laughs> yeah. have to walk out and like, hey, where are you going? I got yeah, to be I got to be here. here. <laughs> Fuck you, man. You're staying in here with me, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, any beef? Any more beef, my man? That's it for now, man. It was a pretty, pretty don't good sound week too for bad. me. Nah. Uh, I, can, I can feel my mouth now. He I was can... talking like this earlier when oh, you had the gauze in. Yeah, it was bad. But I'll tell you what. <laughs> sound like an old Western man. Dang, man, dang. Got me a big old pinch of... Of uh, Chew. Oh, yeah, he got, he's Chon. Chon, that's what it sounded like. Well, hey, let's... Uh, let's. I want to tell you guys about uh, the new podcast we're starting here soon. It's going to be called Nixplains, and it's uh, basically... Since we have a whole channel now, we can do multiple shows. And we are doing the Austin Facial Hair Club podcast, and we've got Nixplains going to be on there, and that one is going to be a more in-depth version of what we're going to be doing today, but essentially it's, uh, you know, Nick explaining something to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, more like the the everyday man who might and he knows a lot about rock and roll this time and he's gonna that's what he's gonna be talking about. Yeah. So let's hop right into a little Nick Splainage. Nick, Nick Splain. All right. Thank you, close for that. And thanks, George Harrison, for the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> um, Came back from the grave just for that. It cost us three thousand dollars worth every. He penny. was cheap for three thousand. I know. I couldn't believe it. He's a fucking beetle, for God's sake. I really thought he would, you know. Well, you don't need a lot of money when you're dead. Well, he he didn't look that dead. I, you know, he's uh, pretty well preserved. <laughs> it did smell like formaldehyde. <laughs> it was like, dude, he smells like rubbing alcohol straight up. 
Yeah, well, you know. He was still really good looking, though, man. And he had a mullet still. (laughs) (laughs) He still rocked the mullet, which was really weird. Well, uh, yeah, he hasn't been able, not a lot of opportunities for haircuts. I don't think he can get haircuts, man. It's just gross. You cut. What right. if you you can accidentally pull a scalp off if you? Uh, I mean, you've seen enough movies about the afterlife. However, you die, that's how you are. Yep, that's a, for, you're, for eternity. Mm-hmm. So you got to think every time you get dressed in the morning. If I happen to die, this is what my ghost is going to look like. Fuck, forever. I thought about that. Yeah. Will about you that also shit, be wearing you? those clothes though? Yeah. So your your clothes are going to become ghosts. As Apparently, well. I mean, according to lore. Okay. Either that or everybody magically gets a. Sheet to hang over themselves. <laughs> well, um, I just don't think that. Uh, okay, I would imagine. I don't want to see you naked. That's the thing. But if you're gonna come back as a ghost, um, you know, at least wear some sheets or something. Yeah. <laughs> just your everybody dignity. go toga all the time. Just so grow an extra <laughs> fat, extra fat bush so oh. it'll cover it up. Uh, that's the one thing I'd be worried I have about. Already. That's the one thing I think I'd worry about. You have a big giant bush. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the one thing you're worried about is my bush. No, no, no. <laughs> one thing I would be worried about is like I'm more worried about Gavin Rosdale's ro- bush. Being around as a uh, as a ghost. Yeah, uh, uh. Gavin Rosdale. Bush. His band was Bush. Never oh, mind. I thought you. Okay. Well, you. Uh, anyway, since you're doing <laughs> Nickspiracies here. Yeah, come on. All right. So we've got. Uh, I've got a couple of examples. I had to dial it down because there there were quite a few of them. And I picked two that were kind of, kind of lighthearted. You know, they don't dive too deep into government shit. Um, just to just to dip, dip our toes in the water. Just gets a little governmenty. Just a tip. Just yeah, you know. It's like governmental. Governmental. Government light. Government uh, platinum. Government. Government one hundred. What are we doing here? Government. I don't know. <laughs> Government. Clear. All right, so. The 60s were known for drug use, yeah, rock and roll, that's right, and open sexuality. My man. Yeah. Nothing like personified at Woodstock, where I think two babies were born, but at least a dozen were made. You say Woodstock? That's where all those rich Republicans go up and stand next to No, there was not a single Republican at Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> there was not a fucking one. Um, so anyway, the Beatles were the good ones. Like They were family-friendly. You were allowed to watch them on TV. Everything was great. They were all cool and shook their heads and wore suits and whatever. Now, the Stones, on the other hand, were the fucking devil. Yeah. Uh, They were the the opposite. The American press used the phrase moral turpitude. It's too much sexiness. That's what happened. Yeah. I mean, I... They were open with it. Honestly, if you were to look at pictures of the two bands, I would rather fuck the Beatles because the Stones just have always looked... Like they got, they went through a wood chipper or something. Like they've always looked rough. Like they've just been sitting in water. Yeah. For a long time. <laughs> um, but anyway, they were yeah, they were the one uh, like openly doing drugs, and their songs had blatant sexes, like sexy lyrics, and it was let's spend the night together and stuff. Like oh, you can't say that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, not on my really big show. Um, so anyway, both sides of the Atlantic were just. Shocked and appalled at the Stones' behavior, both on and off the stage. Now, in 1967, the Stones got raided. Got raided? Like, uh, raided. like Rated R? No. <laughs> like they have a movie? Like The Raid. Like Raided. Oh, like the the roach spray. Yes. They, they got, got sprayed raided. with insecticide. Oh, fuck, man. Um, however, only Mick and Keith got in trouble. That seems a bit suspicious. So Philip Norman, who's a biographer, he wrote books on the Beatles, Stones, Buddy Holly, Elton John, many others. He claims that the FBI was behind the raid. 
and it was uh, a ploy by them to prevent the Stones from getting visas and ever entering and touring the United States. Wait, so how did he find all this out? Uh, man, he's the one like ran around with them and and heard like he's heard from a lot of the people themselves. So now the FBI thing, he never verified. This is what he thought. Uh, this is his theory. Mm, okay. Um, so anyway, it was aimed at keeping them out of the U.S. Now, they still tour the U.S. fucking every year, so obviously this didn't work <laughs> out. But the fact that the FBI, which is an internal thing, like you would think CIA does more... That kind of thing. ...international mm-hmm, espionage mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So why the FBI, an internal thing, is gives a fuck about a band across the ocean, but well, they were they so concerned... The well, what year was this? this 67. Was- was that uh, was that Hoover? I was probably I'm sure that was still Hoover because uh, that Hoover Hoover hated fucking Lenin too. So I mean that's a that's a story for another day, another uh, conspiracy. So um, according to Philip Norman's theory, it all began with a Canadian drug dealer. Who would have ever thought those three words would go together? Canadian drug dealer. Canadian drug dealer. I can think of one right off my back. <laughs> fucking right, dude. Oh, I know they're dirty, rotten, filthy. Yes, old. the trailer park Fuck boys. Rakins. Okay. So Canadian drug dealer David Snyderman, also known Snyderman. as Acid King Dave. David Snyderman? Fucking awesome name, Acid King Dave. My man. So he was stopped at Heathrow Airport in London, and uh, they found a bunch of drugs on him, and he thought, well, fuck, this is, this is it. Getting arrested, deported. I bet <laughs> instead, that a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, Acid King. Uh, he's, instead, in his words, he ended up talking to some heavy guys. Uh, I don't think he meant weight. Heavy guys. Some um, heavy guys. Like, like some, some serious, serious, secretive, important fucking oh. dudes. So instead of deporting him and taking the drugs, they offered him a deal. Okay. Oh, he flipped. He would be allowed to go if he could infiltrate the Stones circle, Ooh. get them on drugs... That's really hard yeah, to fucking yeah. do. Check, uh, and check. then let the police know so that they could bust them. Okay. He just and had to uh, be So this, according jerk. to him, he said that these, these guys came and said, we're going to let you go if you do this. So he himself has said that. So in February of 1967, Acid King Snyderman set up a meeting with Keith, uh, Keith Richards, for those two people who don't know who that is. Uh, like, there's got to be only, like, two people in the whole fucking world who don't know Keith, at least the name, right? Um, so they met with Keith, promised him the special acid called Sunshine. Sunshine. On my shoulder makes me happy. Um, so Keith, of course, like, fuck yeah, invited him to his uh, estate in Sussex. They Sussex. Had, <laughs> Sussex. <laughs> they had, like, a weekend-long fucking bash. Uh, it was Mick and Keith. Marianne Faithful, Mick Jagger's girlfriend at the time, was there, of course. Her King. name is Marianne Faithful? Uh-huh. What a sweet-ass name. That's <laughs> and uh, George Harrison, our, our theme songwriter, and his wife at the time, Patty Boyd, were there. They're having a great time walking around on the beach, being all groovy, you know, 67, drug time. Sunday evening, end of the weekend, they're back at the house. All of a sudden, the police got a tip-off about a very loud party and uh, planned a raid. Planned it to the point of bringing in, well, they call them Bobbies, police yeah. officers, mm-hmm. from two neighboring boroughs out of, like, out of this jurisdiction even. Like, they brought in backup 
for a, somebody calling in a noise complaint about a party like well, this. Yeah, they obviously probably knew that address. Right. Like, oh, dude, we got to check. We, everyone wants to get on board when they hear celebrities address. Or exactly. Something. Exactly. Uh, no, I think more like they wouldn't have got people like they called in extra backup from other areas. So obviously they were just like, OK, we're going to get a call. This is going to be the big bust. You know, they knew it. They were just fucking waiting for it. Mm-hmm. So Snyderman was still there. Mick and Keith and Marianne were there. And with the police knocked on the door, Keith answered it, and they was met with a warrant. They already had a warrant. You don't show up to a noise complaint with a fucking warrant. Damn. So there was definitely something foul going on here. And Keith Richards was so fucking smacked out. He says, quote, What are these goblins doing here? Are they from another planet? <laughs> <laughs> And so that didn't help his case. Uh, Is that your Keith Richards impression? Yeah, you know, he just get all fucked up, man. You know, he just fucking. Um, <laughs> Mick Jagger was allegedly performing a sexual act on Marianne Faithful that involved a Mars bar. Whoa, nice. Uh, that nice. was an absolute myth. That was bullshit. But the press like heard it and ran with it because they needed to make this as debaucherous as possible. Yeah, like this needed to be Caligula. And Mars bar was the best that they had. If you're, I get it. Like if some you're fat guy trying performing to performing like cunnilingus and penetrating someone with a Mars bar. I mean, that's all right. We got a phone call a coming in. Up. Let's call her uh, coming in. Call her. Can you hear us? Call her. Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. You keep fucking impersonating me. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, I mean, come on, man. Don't be a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Keith Richards on the line. Yeah. Thanks for calling, Keith Richards. Uh, Could so you? Yes, indeed. How are you? That's <laughs> fucking great, man. So, what's new with you, man? Oh, are you all sweating about and everything, huh? Yeah. Are, are you back home in? Eng- are you calling us from England? No, I'm calling you from Essex and Penhurst in, in Austin. <laughs> no shit, you're in Austin. <laughs> he's in town. Oh, That's right. Right. He's the East What Sixth are you in Street. town for? Yeah, it's this guy named Doc. He's been letting me crash on his couch for about a week. Hang on, I'm going to put him on the phone. <laughs> 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 Hang on, i got to take a hit. <laughs> guys, guys. What's, what's up? up? Uh, it looks like we that. got... I can't... Docs? I can't get him off the couch. <laughs> well, because he can't stand up, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, in my house, most people don't stand up. Doc, what's That's new with you, man? Right it's good there. to hear you again, man. Yeah, man. It's good to call in. I told you I would. Yeah, Much appreciated. Right, dude. Uh, so what's going on today? What's the argument? What's the bullshit? Well, Nick over here is explaining to us about uh, rock and roll conspiracies. So you heard that we were uh, talking about oh, okay. what, the Rolling Stones and how they were uh, denied entry into the U.S. Uh, due to this they little got this raid drug that raid. happened. So we're in the middle of that yeah, right now. Fucking Keith is still yelling back there. <laughs> yeah, he is. He didn't, he I'm surprised so, he can uh, remember it. He sounds pretty pissed off about it. <laughs> All right, so what about the Led Zeppelin fish orgy? Oh, yeah, yeah. See, we're only doing a few. We can't get them all at once. But the, the quote, I put a snapper in her snapper, is that the story that you were referring to? <laughs> yes, <sir>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well aware. Where are you having a drink right now? Are you at Grackle? <laughs> oh. What's that? Are you at the Grackle right now? No, I'm still in my fucking kimono, man. I haven't left uh, the house. Oh, he's hanging out. In he's my kimono, home. you're the first car. people that I've spoken to who isn't 
you were the first people I've spoken to who isn't my cat. <laughs> I've had days like that, yes. man. Plenty of days where that's all I've talked to is my, my kitty kitty. Sometimes mine won't even talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> she's like um, I just go, you shithead. <laughs> <laughs> that usually gets a well, reaction. Well, well, well. do it. Look at you. All right, uh, you guys got anything you want me to bullshit about, or should I just hang up? What's new, man? Uh, tell, give us something. Uh, what other uh, rock and roll conspiracies? Uh, Radio silence. Have... Can Can <laughs> you hear us? Can you hear me? I don't yeah, I can. It, uh... I can hear you now. Oh, I don't know what happened. Mm. We were there. I swear, well, we were. I don't know. I sorry, sorry about that. We were just having some technical challenges at the moment, I yeah. guess. But. Uh, can you hear us I all right? I think you have mental challenges as well. Ah, yes, I'm sure there's some peppered in there. How dare you talk to me like that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, awesome. so let me so let me ask the three of you: Are you Stones or Beatles guys? Oh, I can tell you right now that I'm definitely a Beatles guy. I'm definitely Beatles, but Stones are pretty fucking awesome. See, I was gonna say Beatles, but I don't want to be the one to make it all the same. So fuck that. I'm Stones. <laughs> you got a lot of stones coming right. in here saying that. What about you, Doc? Yo, what I'm I... a Stones guy. Why All is right. that? Because Exile's a fucking uh, perfect well... album. What's that? I said because Exile's a fucking perfect album. Sticky Fingers it's is badass. It's fucking brilliant, and yeah. almost none of the Stones actually played on it. Maybe that's why. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Holy shit, this is really good. Oh, they're not on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, the Beatles were always a little too safe for me. Yep, see, that's what we were saying. I always that, that's, that. that's part of the reason why the FBI was trying to keep the Stones out of him. You get on out of him. <laughs> we don't like you. Now, if you were just cross-dressers, we'd be okay. J. Edgar Hoover reference, but... <laughs> <laughs> but you look like a lady. Yeah, you, out, you look like a lady out in public. I just look like one in my own room. That's the, there's the difference. <laughs> oh, we're getting another call from Arlington. Thank you, Mr. Hoover. Yes. All right, Doc. We're, we're gonna, getting another we're, call. We're going to catch this other call. Thanks for calling, right. man. We love you, man. Hey, Take care, sir. You guys too. Off, stay strong. That's right. <laughs> Later. All right. Oh, motherfucker. All right, Hello? you're on the air. Emergency exit. Who am I talking to? Hi. Got someone listening to some Primus in the background, yeah, it sounds like. I mean, who do you think, though? Well, I, I don't know. Who are we talking who, to? Who, who is this? It's your sister. It ain't my oh, sister. Oh, it's my sister. Ah. It's just jamming some, all right, some Primus. Are you jamming, are you jamming the Primus? Is that what we're hearing? That's pork soda. Wait, what? Are you jamming it's the Primus? It's definitely Primus. No, I'm just talking to you on my speakerphone because my phone sucks ass and I can't hear out of it. Are you playing? Is, is it that, playing through your phone, maybe? Could that be mine. <laughs> I mean, so hey, get yeah. take it off speakerphone. Okay, fine. I took it off speakerphone. Yay. I probably won't be able to hear you, but let's let's give it a go. You can't hear me. Why can't you hear me? Uh, well, you know, because um, her phone's messed up. I spilled water on my phone, uh, and now. Uh. Like, really work. So are you watching live as we speak? I am. I'm very intrigued. I'm making a lot of inappropriate comments in your chat, but you know. I wouldn't yeah. say they're inappropriate. Uh, yeah, Brandon's keeping up on those. So what, I mean, could they be any more inappropriate than the shit we say anyway? <laughs> so what's point. on your mind then, uh, Roxanne? That's my sister, Roxanne. Oh, nothing much. 
intrigued by your rock and roll conspiracy. Yeah. And, you know, I just and the Mars bars. throw one in the bucket for y'all to touch on whenever. All right. What, do you, what you got? Debunk the whole Paul McCartney is actually, like the real Paul McCartney is actually dead. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about the, doing that one many times, and it, the problem with doing that is it's a visual. Uh, it's more visual than it is uh, audible because they show lots of pictures, and that's how they kind of go and go. Look how he looks the same as uh, this uh, Billy Preston or whatever, whoever's Billy playing. Shears. Be- Billy Shears, that's right. So it's a tough one, but uh, we can try. What do yeah, you think, definitely Dick? get into that. Yeah, I did a report on well, it in high school. You did a report. Yeah. So that could cool, be. Cool. Hey, so Roxanne, can you can you hear this? Oh, hi, Mark. Um, I can barely hear you guys as it is. Oh. <laughs> How about? Oh, well, because because uh, she's got her. You can put us on speakerphone if you want, so that you can hear us better. But that means you have to speak what? closer to the mic. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I'm like I, I switched ears. I'm I'm good now. I guess. <laughs> you can go on speakerphone if you want. No, no, no. It's okay. I don't want to be that guy. All right, all right. But um, anything else you want to say? I'm drinking on tonight. I kind of tuned in late. Oh shit. Oh, we're not doing. We uh, we're not doing a brew road order today. We're drinking our normal Miller Light, um, which gets a four out of five. That's right with me, I believe. I think uh, it's the only five out of five beer that, that I have ever Nick given has ever just to prove rated. that I have great taste. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's, it's not thirsty goat, so you know. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. fucking right. Well, thanks for calling. Anything else you want to say, Roxanne, before we go? No, that's all. Just love all right. the show. And sorry. All right, forget- we'll get around to this Paul McCartney thing. Yeah, don't forget to uh, give us a five-star like on that uh, iTunes if you get the chance. Oh, always do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she's going to send, uh, send us a wedding invitation to her wedding. So we'll go. Yeah, are we, we going to do a live show from invited. the wedding? Doing a live oh, show. That's a good idea. From the Greer love, uh, the Gre- the Greer wedding. <laughs> Trying to go through the ceremony oh, and I just start screaming shit in the background. <laughs> yeah. That would be terrible. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> All right, Roxanne. Thank you for calling. We'll All right. Keep listening. We love you. All right. Bye. 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 All, right. All right. Two calls. Two that's awesome. Calls. Okay. Uh, so the Mars bar. Mars not bar? not true. That has been. Oh right, that didn't that, go. That has been falsified. Mars bar. There was the no Mars bar sex act. However, it was personified in the show Californication. Really. And the sixth season, Hank Moody ran around with the rock star. Was that Mulder? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the rock star that he was turning around with had a thing where he kept putting the Mars bar in his mouth and then penetrating. And he kept t- saying that's like an homage to... Uh, no, he no, he didn't. It was just his thing. But obviously they were doing an homage gross. to this. Why a Mars bar? F- man, I don't I don't know. <laughs> he didn't like Snickers? I, I, I can't answer this. Yeah. A Snickers is just a Mars bar with peanuts, right? Maybe he has a nut allergy. There you go. Could be. But it's or, also made in a factory with peanuts, so you'd stay away from it either way if you're allergic to peanuts. Maybe he just doesn't want to be eating nuts out of her. Uh, you production. see, yeah, it could be. He should be the only. Or nuts that was that go the there. one available. Yeah, it's the only. That was oh, the only was one the available, only candy, and you yeah. know you don't want to be like, hang on, stay in freaky mode for like ten minutes. Let me run to the store. It Please be kinky and willing when I get back. It, yeah, it could have been a whatchamacallit. <laughs> could have been a whatchamacallit. I'm going to stick this whatchamacallit in your whatchamacallit. Could have been Twix. He put one in one. Both all, right, all right, all oh. right. 
<laughs> so anyway, no Mars bar, so it doesn't matter. Um, the main point of this is that Acid King Dave was not searched and he was allowed to leave. Just bailed out? Like, he was there when the cops came in, mm-hmm. but he got out scot-free. Like, as they were doing the arrests and everything, he was nowhere to be found. Hmm. So it kind of makes it seem like he was a part of it. And like, yeah, cool, thanks for the tip-off, mate. Now bugger off. We got That's you right. back. Fuck off. Um, so they only focused on Mick and Keith, and they found very little. They found some scrapings of hashish oh, yeah. off of a table. Um, and four amphetamine-based pills. Amphetamine-based. Amphetamine-based. And mixed jacket, <clears throat> which weren't even his. Mary, they were Marianne Faithful's, and she had put them in and forgot about them. They were like... Sure, sure. Uh, not even from that weekend of drugs and partying, like from fucking months ago or whatever. No, like, those girls never bought their own drugs. Are you kidding me? They never had their right, own no, drugs. Right, no, but she was. He, she had says like, no, they were even mine, and I left them in his coat like fucking oh, of months course, ago. Of course she said that. Yeah, yeah, no, but from a long time ago. Like, they had just been in his coat forever. It wasn't like they were part of anything. They were just, anyway. Um, not that Mick Jagger needs people to stand up for him so it doesn't seem like he has drugs around. I don't think that's ever been... <laughs> Um, anyway, so four pills and some random remnants of hashish off of remnants. a table, and that's all they found. Hmm. Um, now, according to Philip Norman's book, he says there was a bag of acid <coughs> brought by Snyderman that was left on the table, and for some reason that wasn't part of this. Like well, they looked past that because it was Snyderman's, it was their inside boys. Yeah, well, the acid just looks like. Either it's on paper or just a little jar of water right. or something. So, but still, I mean, that'd be something you'd look for. So anyway, it was not a good bust, but it was enough of a bust to ruin visas, which is all they needed. They just needed to block the visa. So in June of 67, they went to court, and it was called a complete show trial. It took less than an hour. Uh, Judge Block, he seemed just adamantly against the stones from the first minute. Um, just... Boom, guilty, fuck off. Mick got three months for his amphetamines. Keith Richards got a year. He got a year he was charged with, quote, allowing his house to be used for the smoking of marijuana. And he got a year. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, no. So um, they got hauled off to jail. Now, what saved them was an editorial in this conservative magazine called The Times, William Reese Mogg wrote an editorial, said this is about as mild a drug case as has ever been brought before the courts. And it's got to be pretty suspicious in this case that Jagger got a more severe sentence than would have been thought proper for any purely anonymous young man. Mm-hmm. It's purely the fact that they had such stature mm-hmm. that you're trying to make an example out of them and you would not have done this for anybody right. else. Yeah. And this is absurd. And um, due to it being like a a very conservative paper I was doing just this. Say, that came from a conservative. Yeah, uh, Keith Richards' sentence of a year was completely overturned, and Jagger was given conditional discharge, which is not a result of an STD. It uh, it means he's got a year of a probation, of, uh, essentially, and if he gets any offense mm-hmm. during that year, then the pill charge is going to be added back on to it. Yeah. Nice, nice. So that was it. Kind of a slap on the wrist, and by 1969, the Stones had their visas and were touring the United States, as they still are to this day. Um, Just as a little footnote, since then, they have found official documents about that raid 
detailing that they did search Acid King Snyderman and found at a massive amounts of drugs found on him to the point where he seemed like a mobile pharmacist. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. And so this was even in the official police report, but still, he was not there at the arrest. He was not ever charged with anything. He was completely let go scot-free. He was FBI, son. So he was absolutely in on it. And he like, was Phoebe. So they claimed that, no, they were just reacting to this tip, but you don't get a tip about something and like call in multiple other police agencies and get a warrant. Like, how do you get a warrant that same, like, on a Sunday night that fucking quick? You were ready. Yeah, dude, that, that is... So that was definitely a tip-off by Acid King David Snyderman. Fucking... Fuck, Canadians were better than that, man. Well, you know, some of them are. Ranting them out and This shit. whole FBI thing, you know, they couldn't even get that taken care of, you know? So no, well, again, they don't operate over there. So they, like, once it got to the court system, they had nothing, nothing they could do about no. it. Fucking A. So, I mean, again, that's why I don't understand why that was the agency behind this. Wouldn't they have thought of that? This yeah, right? Like, isn't that your job? Intelligence? Yeah. Fucking, I don't know. Well, so Yeah, they got to investigate that kind of shit. Well, I guess way, that's what they did. They investigated it, and they figured it out. Oh, I guess we can't do that. Yeah, or maybe uh, maybe they they weren't even behind it. Maybe it was purely just the the London police force wanting to get them, you know? And it could not have gone any farther than that. And they had more faith in their legal system. Or they didn't count on that one editorial changing opinion so much, I guess. Because it had worked up to that point. Yeah, all you need to do is stir it up a bit. Yeah. So yeah. so kind of kind of like, not, not too deep into stuff, but that's our first one. Oh, more. Yeah, I got one more. Explain it to me. All right. So this one's about Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. What now, he was time? living with his, his girlfriend, Pamela. Pamela. I can't see the name Pamela without thinking Pamela. of Borat. <laughs> oh, my Pamela. My Pamela. My Pamela. They're my um, So as, as the story goes, she said, I'm going off to bed now. And he's like, no, I'm going to stay up and get more fucked up because I'm Jim Morrison. And she got up like hours later and he still wasn't in bed. She went around and found him dead in the bathtub. And uh, so the story Jim is... Morrison. Jim Morrison. Name Morrison. sounds familiar. I'm kidding. Oh, I was like, <laughs> are you, are you, are you we're, we're about to stare down. Yeah. Like, no, no, I'm not going to um, test him. So like everybody figured he was just so fucked up that the hot bath due to poor diet and excessive drinking and drug use, it was just too much for his heart. It gave out. And it gave out. Makes sense. Now. Now. Sam Burnett manager of a local club called the Rock and Roll Circus, claims, many years after the fact, claims that Jim Morrison did not die of a heart attack in a bathtub. He died as a lonely junkie on a toilet of his rock and roll club. At the guy's club. At the club. That's um, a big claim there. He, found, he himself found Jim Morrison in the men's room on a toilet with foam around his lips and blood coming out of his nose. Uh... So, to back this up a bit, Jim got himself in trouble for exposing himself in Florida. Right. Right. And, uh... My man. While he was out on bail in March of 1971, he ran off to Paris, which is fucking smart. <laughs> like, just <laughs> skip the country while I'm... They yeah. gotta extradite him, too. Yeah. Um, so, he's hanging out in Paris with Pamela, and he started frequenting Pamela. the rock and roll circus. Um, came in regularly, and he was already smashed by the time he got there. <laughs> 
and just started pounding vodka drinks until he was so drunk like he couldn't even speak. Couldn't yeah, form words anymore. Yeah, but they lived, like, drink. apparently their place was close enough, like, he could stumble to it and stumble back. Like, yeah. it was maybe a block or something. Okay. Um, so, four months after arriving and becoming such a regular, the official story was that he drank himself to death. But there were there was no autopsy. The doctor showed up, was quick to just go, oh, this is an American hippie, and I don't want anything to do with it. I don't care if he's famous. Um, so they just, yeah, he had a heart attack because of his heavy drinking in a hot bath, signed the papers and that was it. Like no official autopsy or anything. Okay. It was yeah, all done just like, on oh, the spot. It's probably this. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Um, so Sam's like, nope, he died in my club and then the body was moved so the police wouldn't raid the club uh-huh. because heroin was becoming a big deal in Paris. Pamela was a super junkie, like daily usage on this stuff. So Sam claims the night that. Morrison died, he'd come into the circus to score some H for Pamela, right? Um, so he sat at the bar for a while, and uh, his head was moving like he was kind of nervous, looking around for people. And two guys, presumably local dealers, because mm-hmm. they're in a lot, came in, sat on either side of him, um, and they're uh, thought to work for this guy named Count Jean de Brutilleu, I don't know how you French that up. Anyway, Sounded good enough to me. Uh, he was he was having an affair with who other than Marianne fucking Faithful coming back in. Oh shit! Really? Um, Whoa! Yeah, she must be full a little circle. Bit of, yeah. yeah, she gets around. Apparently, the, the lesson of this story is do not hook up with Marianne Faithful because well, shit goes wrong. Well, I feel like if her name is Faithful, you need to question that right away. Yeah, right. No shit. <laughs> Um, so he was sleeping with her as well as the main supplier for like extremely potent heroin. So she, to the she Paris things, things. yeah. And so these guys were working for him, and they came in, silent gym, blah, blah, blah. He got up and went to the bathroom to sample it. Okay. And uh, it. allegedly snorted it, which snorting heroin is If you ever not, watched uh, not good. Pulp Fiction. Right. Yeah. yeah. When you, you think mean, you're snorting coke and you do heroin instead, you, you end EpiPen up like Uma Thurman did, <laughs> which, guess what happened? Yes, that's exactly what happened to him. Hours later, they're like, where the fuck is he? <laughs> Sam went back there. There he was sitting on the toilet, just drooling and bleeding. Shit himself. Um, probably so. So in his book, The End, of course it's the end. This is, is the book? end. Yeah. Sam I'm sitting on the toilet, and I died. <laughs> uh, Sam says the, the Count's dealers wanted to make the body disappear, obviously. Of course. And Sam was like, no, man, we can't fucking do that. This is a dead guy. Not only that, it's a dead celebrity. We got to go through the proper channels with mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. called the owner of the club and explained the situation. And the owner said, uh, it's a high-profile death. He was worried about an ensuing investigation and them finding out that he also was kind of a front for the heroin business. Oh, wow. So he said, quote, if his friends want to take him back home, let them do it. So it sounds like, I guess you're doing that. So they rolled him up in a blanket, took him out the back door, stuffed him in a car, took him back to the apartment, stripped his clothes off, threw him in the bath, ran a hot bath, thinking that it would delay rigor mortis, kind of at least cloud the time of death just a little bit, and left him for Pam to find, where she found him in the morning. Did they... Do you think that they... Like, ran the water first and then put him in? Or did they, like, sit him in there and then run the water? I would think they set him in there. Because if they had the water in it and then put a dead body and that's going to splash all over the place. Did they have to wait a while for it to fill up with water? How long does that take? I don't fucking know. Man, it would depend on how big the tub is, what their water pressure was. Five, ten minutes? (laughs) 
at least. Maybe. Yeah. This I mean, whole the whole ordeal. I would imagine just transporting the body. If that would take like a while. Week, if, not a week. If they were a block away, it was I close don't know, enough maybe that he could walk it. Forty so. minutes. Because you gotta haul the car out or oh. haul the body out to the car. The drive itself wouldn't take very long. All but this yeah, while it's, it's carrying it, and they had to go upstairs. All this well, well, Pamela also is a junkie, so she's probably not just asleep. She's probably fucking Heroin smacked sleeping. out. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. They get him in there and do, and do that. So like, damn. Nobody knows who these two guys are. They're never gonna get their story. And they took him out the back, so there aren't any of the patrons can come and confirm this. So the only. And nobody saw anything else like along the way carrying up a apparently not. Well, all we have is carpet late at Sam's night. Uh, Sam's word, and he claims he's the one who found him. Well, we got to take him at his word then. I guess I guess that's what we got. He wasn't uh, hmm. didn't didn't just heart what do you attack. Think? What do you think? I mean, I wouldn't be at all fucking surprised, but like, it seems like a lot of unnecessary work for two heroin dealers to like go to this length, you know. You could heavy. get rid of a body a lot I mean, of different of, ways. Think about what they did in uh, Pulp Fiction, <laughs> referencing that movie again. When uh, who was it? The body, uh, Marvin's Marvin. Body? Yeah, yeah. Like just what they went through trying to get rid of it. I mean, kind of a different. Well, circumstance, yeah, they didn't I have guess, to clean out the interior of a car that had brains all over it true. in this case. Yeah, but yeah. like, there's a lot of things you could do with it. But that, there's also that, that don't involve the club. Like, drive them a few blocks away and dump them in an alley. And they'll still find him and go, oh, shit, he OD'd while he's being a drunken fucking loser, which is all he's been for months in Paris anyway. Well, maybe they thought, okay, where would he have been? And started asking True. questions and be like, oh, well, he's known to frequent this right, club. Right, right. You know, so. I guess. You know, finding to- him at home in his bath would be like, oh, he was here. He was conscious enough to at least draw the And he was there and- when Pamela went to bed. She's yeah. confirmed that, so. Hmm. I guess, yeah, that makes sense. Then, no, he was just here and died. No need to go any further. And nobody knows about the rock and roll circus's heroin trade. So there we go. Dude, not bad. Uh, it makes me thought I was thinking about the, the uh, Kurt Cobain conspiracy theory episode two that we did uh, that we should revisit one of these days. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. That could be a Is cool that a, a heroin cover-up as well? Uh, well, not really heroin cover up, but uh, definitely with had a lot of it in his system, right? You know? Way more than you could put in your system, I'm sure. And uh, and still able to shoot gun. a gun at your fucking your face. Yeah. But hey, Nick, thanks for explaining that yeah. to us. I mean, man. we got some, we got some more coming up. I got some other ones. Yeah, we're gonna be putting them up on our network. We have a network uh, you're listening us uh, listening to us from, and uh, Nick's gonna be more drunken and tell us just explain <laughs> shit. So uh, here's the theme one more time. Nick explains. <laughs> Nick, Nick explains. Good brand. All right, let's go to the news. So, two of the five women who came forward to accuse James Franco of inappropriate sexual behavior sat down with Good Morning America's Amy Robach to elaborate on their allegations against the actor and to discuss why they went public. Are you familiar with uh, 
James Franco's allegations, Nick the Passion Rider. Uh, I have seen mention of it, but I'm not as familiar. Well, let me tell you a little bit about All it. All right. Sether, uh, Sarah Tilder, Kaplan, and Violet Paley appeared on uh, Nervous, but doubled down on why they chose to come forward, saying that Franco took advantage of his fame, uh, his status, to prey on younger women in the acting classes he taught. So, yeah, he was teaching this, like, master class. He was a professor at a... At a school, um, I forgot if I said that where it was, but it doesn't matter. Um, it was like UC Berkeley or something, I bet. Okay. Um, anyways. And this is confirmed like that is the thing he really did? I don't know. Uh, he just knows I, I, what's going on is Franco's not saying anything, and he's just expecting the backlash. He's ready to you know deal with it. So this sounds like he, he already knew it. And these uh, ladies are just kind of throwing it out there. You know, they here's what happened. Uh, they spoke candidly about their experiences uh, with uh, their experience in the, quote, sex scenes master class taught by Franco, saying that the scenes in which she participated added after they'd received their original scripts, by the way, often seemed gratuitous or explo- uh, exploitive. Oh, I got it. I got it. Um, Paley was... Wait, and so it, so they get like a player, they get something they're supposed to work on. Yeah. And after they got it, he would add in Yeah, that's like, what they're that's what they're like saying. Like an absurd sex scene. Why it's, was the teacher involved in the student scenes anyway? You know, well, it's a it's a master actor like James Franco and uh Right, but you watch the scene and then you give input, but you're not in the scene itself. Maybe he wasn't like in the scene, but rather like acted like this is how you should do it, and like did a little bit of it first, um, and then like or maybe just making them come to do what I just did, do stuff on each other for his <clears throat> enjoyment, viewing pleasure or something. Uh, here's uh, here's something weird though. Uh, one of the girls was in a consensual relationship with Franco, but elaborated on the incident uh, she tweeted about during the Golden Globes after seeing Franco's time up pin on his lapel, saying that she was regret regretful and that Franco was quote a celebrity I looked up to. So uh, what do you think there? She is now just saying so like, I'm regretful that she that he has that pin on and knows what it stands for and after all that stuff that he's done. Then how was she looking up to him if he'd done shit to her? It was a celebrity that I looked up to. Until she took the class and got... Well, no. She was seeing him. They were in a consensual relationship. And the only reason why she's like pissed off now is because she saw the lapel pin. That time up, you know, time's up for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and... She got pissed off and said that she's regretful. Uh, he was a celebrity I looked up to. And knowing that that's the kind of stuff he was doing, I guess he might have known or she might have known that he was doing that to other girls. That still I mean, dated him? Sure. Hmm. When that's... asked by Robach whether or not Franco's behavior puts him at the level of Harvey Weinstein, Tither Kaplan was empathetic in making a distinction between various inappropriate behaviors, offering a nuanced take on sexual assault, violence, and harassment. He is not an unfeeling monster who has no sense of reality. He created exploitative uh, exploitative uh, uh, environments for non-celebrity women on his sets, and I also think James is a talented and valuable person. It is a pyramid, and at the top is rape and sexual violence, and at the bottom are the other abuses of power that when they continue to happen over and over, build and build and build and create a culture that allows the most heinous examples of sexual violence and misogyny misogyny and discrimination to happen. Uh, Even if we allow them, we're allowing them, uh, we're allowing all of them. There's a mouthful there. (laughs) 
Uh, Frankel's rep has denied any wrongdoing throughout the entire accusation cycle, telling Good Morning America that the allegations are not accurate. Uh, accuracy aside, well, <laughs> accuracy aside, let's say whatever we want. <laughs> uh, it seems that uh, the girls are looking for something so painfully simple that it is truly mind-blowing that he has not been able to produce it. An apology. So all they want is an apology, but that sort of lends to being guilty, don't you think? Yeah. 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 Ain't that a bitch. You got, you got some news, man? Yeah, I got. Uh, I just got one story for you, but uh, I don't know you're gonna hit me just like that. I just wanted to ask Franco uh, something real quick. <laughs> anyway, how is uh, your sex life? Ooh, oh, not <laughs> consensual, maybe. I don't know. Uh, ain't that a bitch? Uh, yeah. My New man. Orleans. We know it for um, Mardi Gras, right? Fat Mardi Tuesday. Gras. Isn't that what it is? Fat Tuesday. The razzle dazzle. Well, you know, and throwing of the beads. But guess what? Uh, city officials in New, uh, New Orleans. Did I do that right? Nolens, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You can't say that. You're not allowed to say that. All right, fine, whatever. Uh, anyway, they That's pulled more than 46 word. tons of uh, carnival beads out of their, um, pretty much their um, sewers. They did? And their overflow. Yeah, just, you know, from people throwing them down, I guess they break and people just let them fall. And then mm-hmm, they... I can imagine. They get washed into the gutters and eventually they all collect somewhere. Uh, 46 tons off the top of your head. Anybody know how many pounds that is? 46 nah. tons 93, is... 93,000 pounds. 93, I was going to say that. Oh, yeah. and, but it was also among 7.2 million pounds of other debris that had blocked like up shit before. Yeah, puke. exactly, exactly. And yeah, and just fucking bodies or who knows what. Probably all sorts of bras, I bet. A couple feet. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of things. Probably Lots like bras, some, some yeah. hats, you know, Panties. I'm sure. Stupid-ass um, glasses. Jimmy Hoffa. Novelty sunglasses things. <laughs> Jimmy yeah, yeah, Hoffa. Yeah. Jimmy Hoffa might be down He might there. be. You never know. Uh, Danny Galloway, interim director of the city's Department of Public Works, uh, said once once you hear a number like that, there's no going back. So we've got a lot better. So we've got a lot to... So we've got to do better. Sorry. We've in reference to uh, all the... Hang on, I got some audio. All, the, all the beading. All the beads, yeah. That, I mean, and that's, that's a shit ton of beads, man. Uh, 68,000 storm drains. Going on? Um, it says that uh, the cleanup effort lasted from late September to late January. I mean, uh, January. The, the, the bead tradition. Oh, shit. Probably as long as Mardi Gras has been around. Well, right. So, What's yeah, that's a lot of, of beads, but know. if it's going on for 60 years, I mean, it's it's cumulative, right? Sure. Probably as long as the, the sewer lines have been around. Yeah. As long as they've been making plastic beads. <laughs> And a majority of the beads <laughs> yeah. were found Totes. along the St. Charles Avenue parade route. So, yeah, it makes sense. They just all so get So what are they doing about the it? Do they want to keep, like, producing they're probably gonna, They're probably going to ban them. Well, I've got a <laughs> simpler answer. You just make them out of uh, biodegradable material, and it'll just, like, dissolve or something. If they're just going to be thrown around, <laughs> right. you can make them out of, like, paper, or you can yeah. make them... You know, out make of like them out of uh, starburst wrappers. You ever see people that do that? Make necklaces out of starburst wrappers those, and link those them together. Those dissolve easily. Would those break down? No, I don't probably know. not. Got wax those on are kind of waxy. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Either way. Hey, how about just eliminate the beads and just show your tits? I right. I mean, that's that's you know simple. That's, that's, Keep it simple, guys. Just cut out the middleman. Yeah, yeah exactly. Funny, because after they get so many beads, you kind of you can't lose, see them anyway. You lose nippage. You lose nippage. You lose your nippage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the whole point. Just lose nippage? No, that of seeing boobs is 
Well, yeah, you want the nippage because right. It's and if not, it's all covered up by thousands of beads, well, or then, even a little pasty, it's like, oh, well, that's just a lot of sign. Oh, I just feel like I'm watching any TV show on FX right now. Mm-hmm. But then you get a little bit of that nip, and it's like, ooh, ooh it's it's you know one thirty in the morning on Skinamax. Right, this is back when I had scrambled cable. Whip! Oh, I remember them days. <laughs> oh yeah, just waiting for that fuzz to clear up just enough, just a little bit. If you maybe move that antenna a little yeah. bit, you get a little bit more. Uh, I'm like, oh, I think that was a nipple or a knee. Maybe yeah. it was a knee. I'm going with nipple. Yeah, I need this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, being a pubescent boy is hard. All the time. Back then, I think. Now, it's fucking simple. Easy. You know, you got ready Are you access. still in puberty? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. Fair. Still still there, so. Oh, you mean four pubescent boys now? Mm-hmm. Nowadays. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant now for you, but. Oh, yeah. I mean, it comes and goes in waves for me. You know, I haven't quite, you know, topped out yet. Gotcha. Yeah. It's very, very weird. Well, IKEA founder, he died. He died in Sweden at the age of 91. So that's the, that's the place with the meatballs, right? Yeah. Uh, used to be. How funny that you mentioned that, because now we don't even have we that on that the road. The whole time that we would have fucking used it, we took it off. <laughs> that's why I said it. <laughs> what you a dick. A bitch. Well, the Swedish founder of IKEA furniture chain, uh, Ingvar Kamprad, has died at the age of 91. The company has announced it. Uh, that happened uh, sometime uh, just yesterday. Uh, Mr. Camprad, who pioneered flat plat furniture, died at his home in Smallland, Ikea, confirmed in a statement. Um, so he died, man. It sucks. The billionaire was born. He turned into a billionaire. Crazy. He was born in 1926, did, founded Ikea at the age of 17. He used some money his father had given him as a gift for performing well at his school, d- despite his dyslexia. Oh, so it's like, uh, you do good, uh, I'll give you a couple dollars. and No wonder those instructions were bullshit. The guy mm, was dyslexic. That makes sense. That's why they only have pictures, yeah. In the later years of his life, Mr. Camprad faced questions over his past links to fascist groups, something he admitted but said was a quote-unquote mistake. And right. uh, that got me to look into that a little bit. As long as you're denouncing. Um, in 1943, Ingvar Camprad was a 17-year-old budding entrepreneur sailing Utterbaum picture frames, and other small-town wares from his home in rural Sweden. That year, he founded a mail-order company called IKEA, initials taken after his name uh, and that of his family's farm. Uh, his first employee was his close friend, Otto. Oh, so that's, uh, you know, that's, you can get yourself an Otto from there. It's pretty cool. Olman, an, Aust- an Austrian Jew about his age whose parents who had sent him to Sweden to escape Nazi takeover from their country. Uh, those two guys, uh, their camaraderie was an unlikely one. Around the same time he started IKEA, Camprad joined Sweden's fascist movement. He regularly attended meetings with, an Austrian with, Jew. Yeah, with pro-Nazi extremist groups, maintained a long-running friendship with a leading Swedish facet, fascist, and according to some accounts, was an uh, active member of the Swedish version of the Hitler Youth. My goodness. Damn. Fuck you, IKEA. So it also says here that um, they were going to bury him, but they are still trying to put together his coffin there. Oh. It seems like he was missing the instructions and a few screws. Did it, did it not come with a little hex tool? And it was missing the hex tool. <laughs> <laughs> the universal Allen wrench thing. Yeah, man. Shit. Well, I, I still I got an Ikea. I signed up for the Ikea 
catalog, so I got one of those, and I want to do some mail-in stuff and get a couple of it. But I saw they took, they got like well, that's when IKEA thing right there. They cut it open, and it was just like corrugated cardboard, you know, mm-hmm. just like pl- with paneled on it. Like crazy man, yeah, it's, it's incredibly cheap. cheap. That's why it's like the best thing for college students. Yeah. Like, you need a dresser, you could get one for twenty bucks, or mm-hmm. you can get a real dresser for like six hundred. I mean, obviously, what are you gonna do? What? Yeah. Go with the $20. Go with it, of course. Fucking, fucking ain't right. And when it breaks, you can get a bunch Another of them before you're still one. cheaper than buying a real one. It's yeah. fucking capitalism. Or uh, pro tip, you buy the unfinished uh, furniture. And then paint and it yourself. Paint it, stand it yourself. I personally I did that, that I did several the same times. thing, man. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And it's a good little project. Yeah, it is. Fucking A. And, uh, you, got a you got anything else there, Brandon? No, I'm, I'm good. All right, let's get some uh, outro music work in here. Uh, you guys, thank you so much for, you know... Doing your thing. If you guys have any calls, uh, we're going to be shutting off the line after we get off the air. But leave us a message. But you can absolutely leave us a message. Thank you, Nick. The any number, time of the day, too. You can also text. We get the text as well. And uh, the number again is 830-875-0637. That is correct. Check us out on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a rating altogether there. You know, why not? Tell your friends, because uh, I think February, yep, yep, that's right. February is Tell a Friend About Emergency Exit Podcast Month. Mm, that, that, yeah, I believe that was officially announced. Uh, yeah, I think the mayor said that um, sometime last week. It was cool. I was like, oh, man, once again, another month for us. Uh, if you want to check out Nick Ryder, check him out uh, on his Twitter at Ryder Guitar. That's right. That's right. Guitar. We're also on Twitter. Check us out at EMEX Pod. Follow us on Facebook. Give us a like. I you know what? Any, any of the things, you can just go to that thing and search for Emergency Exit Podcast. Yeah, I'm man. sure we'll pop Shit. up somehow. I wasn't feeling too good today, but this definitely helped me feel a lot better. Good. So I'm happy that it's uh, been another good episode. So for Nick Ryder, for Brandon, the hard hat Mitchell... I'm low saying. That's That's right.